Welcome to the American Institute of Stress podcast, Finding Contentment. The goal of this podcast is to bring you information about stress and stress management techniques. While we know that stress is a very personalized issue and different for everyone, we hope to help you find your own way to contentment. All right, greetings, everyone. This is your host and executive director for the American Institute of Stress, Will Heckman. Thanks, everybody, for joining us again today. Hopefully, you've listened in the past and you're going to listen to future podcasts. These podcasts focus on stress and stress-related issues. So please remember to follow us at stress.org and uh, send in those reviews and comments. I'm always interested in what you have to say. You can listen to us at stress.org or recently we were on iHeartRadio and a whole bunch of other places that you can listen to this podcast. All you have to do is Google it if you really want to. Also, if you're stressed and you don't know where to start on your journey to feeling better, well, the American Institute of Stress has an easy confidential online self-assessment tool and that's called the Stress Mastery Questionnaire, the SMQ. And you can take a quick online self-assessment and receive a personalized feedback on your stress risk scores. It comes in the form of a one-page personal stress profile. And we follow that up by a detailed nine-page stress report and a 66-page stress mastery guide and workbook. It's just awesome. All you have to do is go to stress.org and look for the SMQ. All right, so today we're talking, of course, about stress. But we're also talking about how the way you feel affects other people around you. You know, stress is that umbrella term for negative emotions like worry and anxiety and frustration, even anger. And you know what? It's contagious. Much like the common cold, you can catch it from other people. And just like a virus, it can leave you feeling emotionally, even physically wiped out. We all have that friend, I know you do, that watches the news all day and then reports to us all that is wrong in the world. They feel like it's their obligation to do so. I know after that conversation, I feel like my stress levels have gotten a lot higher. And if you don't have a friend like that, it might just be you. So research shows that simply observing someone who's under a lot of stress, it can jack up our own levels of cortisol, and that's the stress hormone. And to give you a little hint on how important that is, cortisol, the stress hormone, has a nickname. It's called the Widowmaker. So we really have to pay attention. In fact, stress is so contagious that a new Swedish study found you could even spread stress to your dog. Mm. Something I learned every time I leave my dog in someone else's care when I go on vacation. I swear she gives me the dirtiest looks when I get home. So the American Institute of Stress wants to help. And today, I'm very happy to say that we are joined by Sporty King, our Uncle Sporty. Sporty is an expert on personal success, the impact of words on our lives, and turning negatives into positives. He is the author of eight books of inspirational poetry and positive affirmations, which showcase his beliefs that success is about confidence and listening. He's a Toastmaster International Hall of Fame inductee. He's a member of the NSA. No, not that NSA. He's a member of the National Speaker Association. 
He's also a certified stress master, uh, re-educator, and a member of the American Institute of Stress. And let's not forget, he proudly says he's the uncle of 30 nephews and nieces. And listen, to learn more about Sporty King, you have to find out about him and maybe even have him speak at your next event. Just go to SportyKing.com. SportyKing.com. Sporty, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to join us today. Well, thank you. And now that that commercial is over, thank you, everyone. Goodbye. <laughs> now, you can't leave us yet. I have a lot to talk about with you. You know, actually, there's more that I want to talk to you about than I actually have time to do. So we're, we're gonna, okay. we'll get to some of it. Maybe we'll do this again. Sporty, you know, I've heard you speak about stress and all the issues on a regular basis. You do it all the time. You even do it on YouTube. So I guess the very first question I have is I want to ask you, because if I ask two people, I get three opinions. Yeah. So I want your opinion. What is, what is really the definition that most people think of when they think of stress? Well, well you know what? I'm actually, actually, I'm going to cheat and give you a fourth person out of those two that you asked. <laughs> <laughs> because, I, you know, for me, um, I, li I like to use the definition that I learned from my good friend, Dr. Heidi Hanna, who is who uh, certified was was in charge of our training for the certification for the stress mastery uh, education, and and which I, Heidi says is stress is when demand exceeds capacity. Now there there are a whole bunch of like you say there are a lot of different definitions, but I think if you focus on all of the definitions, then you really won't get you know the one that you want to talk about. So I really like to talk about that. You see, because I, I, the reason I love that definition, because it doesn't, it doesn't tell you whether or not stress is good or bad. You know, it's the, when demand exceeds capacity. And, and I look back to what you opened with, and you talked about your journey of stress. And sometimes I think that's one of the things that throws people off. They don't recognize it's a journey, mm. you know, and, and there's a pace to it. So, in that pace, that's what I think that Heidi's definition or my definition is doing. It's when demand exceeds capacity. You can take on a certain amount of, of whether you want to call it stress or uh, responsibilities, tasks. You know, you, can, you have a limit as to what you can take on. And everyone's limit's different. Everyone's limit is different. You, yeah. when, I, I, when I do my motivational speaking, one of the things I like to do at the beginning is I say, look, let's take attendance. And, and especially in these days of, of, of virtual presenting, I do a poll and, and, and I say, you know, check all that apply. And so I love, uh, you know, and, and I cheat. Uh, one of my first choices that they can check off is whether or not they're an uncle. <laughs> <laughs> but, but then I go on, I ask a parent, uh, married, single, um, grew up in a large family, small family, you, you know, the, the, uh, and there's 10 questions that you can ask on these Zoom polls. But what I do with that is once everybody is finished with the poll, I, I make the point, notice how there's no 100% on any of the things. So we're all seeing life through a different lens. Right. And so, that, you know, so it, it stress that lens will impact how you feel about stress. Hmm. And you know, uh, we were talking about in the beginning a little bit about 
you know, and I've heard you speak about it before, how stress can be very catching. It's, it's contagious. You know, we're talking about how one person feels, because it's happening so often now, and it doesn't even have to be a personal friend. Right. You know, it's just how somebody feels, how they're feeling and how they're speaking about it affects others. And how does that way, uh, the way I feel, how does that affect other people? You, you know, what we hear a lot in um, not just corporate America, but in, in conversations where people say, well, look, the bottom line is this. <laughs> okay. Right. And so, so I, I actually have created, uh, and my company name is called The Top Line. because uh, And that top line is how I feel affects other people. You can't get to the bottom line if you don't um, respect uh, how other people feel. So if, Will, if you're having a bad day, okay, you're the interviewer right now. And so if you're having a bad day, your energy is going to be different in terms of how you uh, accept me into this interview. And so I might be, oh man, I'm looking forward to interviewing with Will. And then I get on and Will, okay, sporty, you know, what you got? I'm like, whoa. <laughs> so now that, <laughs> so yeah, so however, and so, and oh, oh my God, what a great um, point you brought up that I've never heard of, how your stress can be passed on to pets. Yep. You know, so in fact, I think that's the best example of how I feel affects other people. How about how I feel affects my surroundings? Your environment, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, life, life is about going from one puzzle to the next. You're either a small, medium, or large piece in every puzzle of your family, social, or business relationships. But no matter what puzzle piece size you see yourself as, the puzzle is incomplete without you. So that's what I mean by how I feel affects other people because right now, uh, okay, it's your podcast. You're the bigger piece of the puzzle. And I'm either a medium or small. Switched it to where I'm doing the interviewing. Now I'm the larger piece of the puzzle. So if everybody would recognize you're going to be a piece of the puzzle. So go on and accept when you're the large piece. Be happy when you're the medium piece. Be overjoyed when you're the small piece. Because the key is you are a piece and there's something that you do that is going to affect whomever you touch. Because that, isn't that what a puzzle is about? Is pieces connecting. Right. So if the puzzle pieces don't connect, that, that to me, that's what's saying uh, you have an effect on everybody else who's around you. All right, that's a really good point. You know, without being a part of that puzzle, the piece of that puzzle, you really can't see the whole picture. Oh my God! And you, you just there's a hole in if you if you equate that to someone's uh, environment and life and and there's a hole there without you and so no matter what piece of that puzzle is, it's just as important as any other. And in fact, it, it, I love again the analogy you made at the beginning about the journey. Hmm. What do you do with a puzzle? How do you put a puzzle together? You put the edges together first, but each of us should be the nucleus of our own puzzle. Right. The most important piece of our puzzle. Well, what does the what does the most important piece of the nucleus have to do? It has to sit in the middle and wait for the puzzle to come to us. It, it, you know, it, be you, completed. You, to be completed. Yeah. So, so sometimes while you're in the middle, you are waiting for these circumstances to fall into place to connect 
to you. Every now and then you'll find a piece that you can build out, but you're mostly building in. <laughs> and, and, and so again, when we think about that stress journey, that's a part of the puzzle. You know, you're not going to get a puzzle devoid of stress. So, you know, you're going to get some pieces that are going to be building to you and you're going to be building some out. So the patience is, is, you know, even as we talk about stress, I know we need to weave in some solutions at the same time. Let's not just put stress on a mantelpiece and and make the headline, hey, look, hey, life sucks, get over it. No, it's like, hey, you can control this. That's why it's called, we, we we educate on stress mastery, not just managing your stress but mastering it and letting it know, hey, I know you're there. Here's how I'm going to use you today. Wow, that's a really good point. Uh, Yeah, the stress is there. Uh, I've always said there's a lot of different management and mastery techniques you can do and tools you can do. There's only one thing you should never do, and I've said this before in this podcast, and that's ignore it. Don't do Mm. nothing. (laughs) You know, because what happens is, is you ignore your stress long enough it'll become a diagnosable problem. Wow. And we don't want that to, to happen. And Sporty, there, there are a lot of things going on right now mm-hmm. that are basically out of our control. You know, and that's one of the things I wanted to talk to you about today is your view on living on what some people are calling this new normal. <laughs> this new normal is causing so much stress throughout the country and we see it every day and it's it's continuous and it builds on itself so you know what do we do about all that i mean you, you said there are tips of of mastering it first of all is it even possible to master it when it's mm. out of our control mm. well i guess that part of that comes to i always say control your vocabulary don't allow your vocabulary to control you mm. and and so mastering does not have to have the meaning of you are fully in control. Okay. Uh, Mastering uh, could also mean that you are fully aware. And and because sometimes really all we can do is fall back onto awareness. And so in terms of the new normal, uh, since 2011, I've had the the blessing and the honor to be involved with the military. uh, There's a program called the Yellow Ribbon Reintegration Program, which what what I do is I work with um, service and family members going through the deployment cycle. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, and 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 stress is one. You you think stress is one of the classes we talk to them about? Yeah. (laughs) And so, see, so but, but what I'm saying there is. I've been familiar with that term, the new normal, since 2011. Wow. Yeah, so, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, because they're deploying. And, and so as I got, because I did not serve in the military, so which is why I say it was, it's such an honor to me, but as I got comfortable and looking at what was going on in their situation in their life, I changed my narrative and I said to them, I said, you know what? We're hearing you talk about the new normal, but you will not be coming home to the way things were. You'll be coming home to the way things will be with new tools. And the new tools are you and your perspective. So now the, the, the civilian world is grabbing onto this term, the new normal, the new normal. How's it going to be? What is going to look like? I say, you know what? The new normal is not coming. It's here. Right. So I call it the now normal. 
because because what we have to do is think about um, what lessons are we learning about ourselves right now in terms of talking about solutions. You know, what are you learning about yourself right now that you'll keep when this pandemic is over? Because you're going to keep some of these things that you do. Virtual is not just going to go away. Oh, no. cities <laughs> opened up. <laughs> you know, yep. yeah, you know, and then how can you begin to be aware of those that you'll end up keeping? Because right now, you may not think you're going to keep something, but when something happens, oh, you know what? I'm going to end up keeping it. How can you be aware? How can you be open to that? And lastly, what have you been doing all along that has actually prepared you for this? You know, we, we've been doing something right all along and now you know we ne we didn't have a label on it said when the pandemic hits this is what i'm going to do but if you've already been eating right you know and in terms of stress if you've already been meditating you know if you've already been getting in touch with your feelings and your emotions you you've already started to do some of the right things that we need to do for what i'm again calling it the now normal because now this is a part of our life and wh why should we call it abnormal? It's the next day. Well, that's, a, that's really a good point. It is the now normal. Now this is normal. There's a lot of good things about it, too. You know, um, I, I was an educator for, for decades. My wife is. We come from families of educators. And that whole field has changed a lot to a new normal. Now that's normal. And so, mm -hmm. the, so it's a lot of it is good because it brought in a whole new set of skills and you know that people are learning and doing and the new ways of communicating as you mentioned virtually and so on. so there are a lot of good things about it and uh, and I, I should say I want to thank you for all you do for the military you know the American Institute of Stress is a, a big sponsor of military and we even have uh, combat stress magazine which that's is why I, that's why I felt free to give them a shout out <laughs> I, I appreciate that and, you know and now we are uh, we're also focusing on first responders as well as combat yes. vets. Yes. Uh, you know, I, one of the other things I, I wanted to speak to you about, because I hear this a lot, and, and it's upsetting. I think that because of all the events that are happening right now, people are, are expressing or feeling a lot of fear in hmm. much different ways. And, and we know that fear has got to lead to very high levels of stress. You know, and, and the fact that's that fear of flight issues that people have that cause stress. Is there a way, is there a better way that we do that some tips that you might have on how we can handle those fears? I, I take it back and, and God, I, I don't, I hate to sound like it's so simple, <laughs> you know, uh, but, but it's a complex, we live a complex life that can be really simple. It, you know, it, it depends on how we decide to look at things. You know, it really wraps up some of the things we've already talked about, that we're looking at things through a different lens. The reason I always want to be introduced as an uncle, because I don't have maternal children, but I have my nieces and nephews. And guess what? They're looking at me to see how I'm handling this, this um, you know, tragedy. Right. And not you know, not just this pandemic, but any tough situation, somebody is watching you. So, you know, and that's why I say if you change your vocabulary, because it'll make you, instead of saying I'm stuck in the home, how about I'm safe in the home? Children are getting on my nerves. 
how about um, I'm, I'm seeing how my nerves can be stretched. And so, you know, I'm learning new triggers that I didn't know I had. And who better to learn it with than with someone I love that I want to make the exception to the rule with. So I'm right. like, oh man, I thought that this pissed me off and I would never forgive anybody. But like, Whoa, wait a minute. My son, my daughter, my spouse, you know, they did that. I, I never realized that that was how I felt. It's a big mental game, you know, to go back to the question. It's a, it's a big mental game because stress um, is, is, a, is a brain situation. You know, we have perceived and real stress. And, and like you say, in terms of the fear, it's the fight or flight. We, we, we instantly go into, oh, this is a bad situation. Right. <laughs> you know? um, my, my, um, here's a two, two, my uh, examples of real and perceived stress that I think can make the point. Uh, and that is uh, you're running late for a job interview and you can't find the keys to your car. Mm-hmm. Okay. Stress. That's real stress. Oh, yeah. But then you've got the, the, um, the, the loved one at home. Oh, uh, you know, Sporty hasn't gotten here yet. He's 15 minutes late. I wonder if he's been in an accident. How about maybe I can't find the keys to my car? <laughs> <laughs> See, so that's perceived stress where we decided that we're in a tough situation. And that's where fear lives. You know, fear needs us to both to boost it, create that narrative in our mind that this is a, a bad situation and, and that, I, that I need to be concerned about their health. And, you know, you know, you know, they're always here, here uh, you know, in five minutes. You know, why are they right. not here? And, and, and so that, that now goes back to what we said about how I feel affects other people. Because if I can keep that narrative out of my head, I can celebrate the person when they get there rather than, you know, why didn't you call? You know, you know, there's just, there's just so many. uh, Do you think that the fears that people are feeling are mostly perception? It's just, you know, our mind creates scenarios in our brain. I am so guilty of that. Mm -hmm. For instance, you know, being a dad, being a husband, being, you know, all those things, being an uncle, uh, you you create these scenarios in your head that never happen, that that never happen. And they create those fears. So we we watch all this media. That's their job. Report on these scary things. You know, we, we can't we can't always blame them. Sometimes we can, but we can't always blame them. Right, and right. those those images create scenarios in our own mind, and those create our fears. You're breaking it down for us, is you know that helps. You know, just it's the perception. Yeah, and, in and your I own think head. That, I think we do have a lot to do with it. Um, uh, what one of my funniest examples during this pandemic is I, I called a friend of mine's mother who's in her eighties. And I said, how you doing? Oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm stuck in the house. I said, you never went out before. (laughs) 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 You got to take medication three times a day. We have a therapist coming in to work with you. You've been restricted to 10, you know, 20 yards outside your front door to go get some air for quite some time. So, but she's buying into someone else's narrative. There you go of the fact that this is a bad situation. And so she, and and the funny, the great thing is she cracked up laughing when I said it, (laughs) she wasn't aware of it. 
Right. You know, she had just bought into, you know, that everybody has said, this is a bad situation. Yep. And it's, no. <laughs> right. And, and I, I agree. I think one of the ways to handle those fears is to think, uh, is it something I personally have to handle? Or is it just That's going on around in the world? There's a lot of stuff that goes on in the world and a lot of it good. Why don't you concentrate on that a little bit? And, and uh, you know what I heard? Uh, another thing I love about the military, I heard a chaplain, Air Force chaplain. He said mm -hmm. that the real moral behind the story of the three little pigs is not what type of a house you build. It's about the fact that the storm is coming. <laughs> and, you know, and, 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 I've, and, and I heard that from him about eight years ago, and I've really adopted it. And, 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 I, and you can look at life that way so easily because guess what? After one storm, what's next? Another storm. <laughs> hey, I live in Florida. I believe you're in South Carolina, right? I'm in North, North Carolina. North Carolina. Love North Carolina. You and I both know about storms coming. <laughs> yeah. and that, we both and that's, hurricanes. <laughs> yeah, that's all stress is. It's right. the next storm. Right. So, so part of what you want to do, uh, it, it, one of the things that I've done with fear is I've changed. I've changed fear to an acronym, and I have it F E A R. Faith eventually attracts resources. Wonderful. See? Yeah, when you believe, when you don't give up, because at first someone said, "Oh, you got to be crazy." No, we got to get out of here. We said, no, 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 uh, I, I can handle this. Let me stay here. Let me do this. Then eventually people say, oh, well, you know what? You know, he's he or she is uh, pretty serious about this and they're passionate. And, you know, maybe I can help them in this way. Mm. So fear eventually attracts resources. And if and it, so if you look at the, the stressful or the tough time that you're going through, what type of resources do you need? Because that's what you have to do. You know, do I need prayer? Do I right. need meditation? Who should I call? You know, uh, what what could I be doing differently? You know, it's it's really monitoring who you are instead of just giving in to, to that situation. And, and you know what? We're, we're talking a little bit uh, about communication. You said something that really stuck with me. I, I read it on your site. And I, I want you to tell us what you mean by that. And you said we need to listen to the paragraph, not just the sentence. And I said, oh my God, that, that's so true. Please tell us what you mean by that and tell, tell our audience. Yeah, well, you know, uh, uh, the number one skill in communication is listening. You know, people think, well, I want to be a good communicator. They think that means they have to talk. The, the number one communication skill is listening. And listening to the paragraph I think what most people do is what I call listening for the period in terms of punctuation, right? Uh, they listen, you know, they just, I disagree with what Will said. So I'm not listening to anything else he said. I'm listening to hear that he's finished talking <laughs> so I can that's jump That's never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so I can jump in and say I disagree. See, so I, 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 you know, instead of listening to the paragraph, to the whole thing that he said, and, and let him put that picture to the, together because, again, the analogy is being made up through whose eyes? They're being made up through your eyes. You just gave me husband, you know, parent. Uh, you know, those are, I don't have those eyes. So I have to listen to the whole thing that you say so that I can get what you mean. And so that's why I say listen to the paragraph, not just the sentence. And 
the way I really made that stick, uh, it, the, the reason in my introduction it says I'm a Toastmasters Hall of Fame inductee, in 1996, I went to the, the every year Toastmasters has a contest called the World Championship of Public Speaking. And so once you met, you have to win your club, area, division, district, region, and then you compete in, in the world championship. In 96, I made it to the championship. I was one of nine, uh, you know, finished as the, one of the top nine speakers in the world. Once you make it to the championship, you are automatically inducted into the Hall of Fame. And so, but so to get there, I set that up to say, to get there, I had created a, a, you have a five to seven minute monologue for your speech. And my speech title was How to Be Ugly. (laughs) (laughs) And, but then I broke ugly down into U-G-L-Y, unique, gifted, lovable you. So- so that's why people had to listen to the paragraph because see, if instantly when you hear ugly, you know, I, I make the point, we've all been ugly, you know, uh, because we've said something that we didn't mean. We've treated someone in an ugly manner. You know, we've all been ugly. It's called being human. It's called being human, right? Mm-hmm. And, and But it, until someone paints that picture for you, you don't see it. So So that's what I was able to do in that speech was show them how, you know, the first impression you get when I say ugly, you know, that's the sentence. But now when you hear me explain what, why I saw it myself as being ugly, now you've listened to the paragraph and you say, ah, so you're saying that you are a unique, gifted, and lovable. And, and that's, you know, and now, and now I can look at it differently. Well, that really hit home with me. I, I really appreciated that when I saw that, you know, being a teacher, one of the the things that I've always was careful of was listening to my students, not just being the sage on the stage. Right. And so when I, when I read that, I went, yep, this guy knows what he's talking about. (laughs) And, and, you know, and that, and, 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 and uh, kudos to you, because that's a high calling being an educator. And, and one tip I would always say to anybody who's in education, you know, what, what grade were you teaching? I've actually taught pre-K through high school at a couple of colleges. Okay. So all of them. On any given year, in the year where you were teaching fifth grade, your job was to get those students to sixth grade. Not right. to get them to graduate college, and so, so, and that, and I think that's the stress that sometimes educators put on themselves. You just have to get them to the next grade. You, you're not. <laughs> the stress of education is a whole nother show. Oh, and we've had many on that. It's uh, it didn't just happen in 2020. <laughs> the right. stress of education has been going on since uh, 1820. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I and I wanted to make that to, to say transfer that to right. stress of parenting, the stress of what's go you know you 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 you, you have your child has to develop. You can't raise two children the same way, no. you know. So we, that's why I, that's what I meant earlier. Also, when I said we've already been doing things that are right to handle our stress, but we we just didn't pat ourselves on the back and give ourselves credit. You know, oh yeah, I'm. I'm raising my three kids. I'm I'm listening as a teacher. I'm so now I can listen as a coworker. I can listen as a parent. You know, see, you know, those are the types of things that we want to do that self-assessment of 
you know, you and and go and make sure we do the assessment that's on this on the American Institute uh, site, because right. once you know about you, now now you can really help other people. Okay, Sporty, I wanted to talk to you about something else, and it's something I've heard you talk about a little bit, and I've heard you talk about music therapy. Yes, I'm also a big believer in the benefits of music. Uh, and the reason I am is because when I was younger, a very long time ago, I remember listening to James Taylor. That's who did it for me. And how it had such a great calming effect. And we recently even posted a blog about um, music therapy. Tell us how music, because we want, we want people to find some tips and some ways to help master that stress. Tell us how music helps us to master that stress. Now, I, and, and let me also say that I have kind of a non-clinical analogy. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> I use on that. But, but let me first say music therapy is used for a lot of different issues, um, mm -hmm. from stress relief, mental, emotional, behavioral problems. Music therapy is huge once you know about it. And, and, and it's been shown to help treat depression, anxiety, and as well as helping elderly clients deal with memory loss. I think sometimes we don't realize that how important that is. Uh, but those memory losses associated with diseases such as Alzheimer's and dementia. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. So the, the reason it's, it's helpful is because what it does is listening to different melodies, you connect with something. You know, someone connects to the drums. Someone connects to the horns. You know, and so then that may make you focus on that melody instead of focus on your tragedy, mm. you know, and, uh, and, and that can be help you because then you start, you, you start to sing your favorite songs. You know, right now people are making playlists of songs that make them happy from YouTube, you know, so you start, so that, you know, you, and think about the nursery rhymes that you taught the kids when you were in pre, preschool, you know, that yeah. that was was a form of music therapy because it's like the go-to when things are going by. Think about oh my God! Think about a newborn child when they start to cry. What do a parent? What does a parent do? They start singing to them. You know. I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't say well. Yeah, yeah that's. I was going to say no one ever has asked me to sing twice. <laughs> and then and then also uh, one more thing on on the, the well two more things but one on the the music therapy in terms of. Um, in terms of a clinical sense, is guided image, guided imagery, right. you know, which is which is a stress tool. And what guided imagery does is it doesn't have to be music. It could just be someone talking to you and walking you through the fact that you're walking along the beach and you know, and, and you're safe and comfortable. But when they add music to that, there's usually a, some soothing music going behind that. And, and and guided in imagery is a stress management tool that a lot of people use. And, and the last thing that I liken it to, back to my non-clinical, is the music also representing the noise in your life. Who are you listening to? You know, it, it's the news that you talked about. If we're, if we're constantly listening to the news, that's the music that's in our life. And that's what we get. That's what we repeat. Because think about your favorite song. You hear your favorite song over and over, and then you get to learn the, the lyrics. You watch the news. Well, it doesn't change. <laughs> no, not lately. <laughs> right. So that becomes the music. And to me, that becomes the noise 
in your life. So you have to change the music every now and then. And you know, you, you and I are about the same age. And I'm sure you remember when portable music devices first came out. Yes. Uh, and people started plugging things into their ears. And at first I was like, you know, what is that all about? I mean, it's, it's you're like taking yourself out of the world, but slowly I have adjusted my thoughts to I'm scoring my life mm. like a movie score, mm-hmm. you know? So if I play the music that's enjoyable going through my life, I don't even have to pay attention to it, but I'm choosing to score my life. That, that's why I, I asked you about music therapy because I've seen it work. I've seen it, certainly seen it work in schools. Uh, at one point in one of the schools, one of the high schools, I worked in, in between classes, those that change in, in rooms and that, that transition, which is sometimes could be a nightmare, Chaotic, they would play yeah. music. You know, like uh, sometimes they played the Jeopardy theme to get you to yeah. class on time, but they would play music. And I thought that was a great thing. So your points I, about the music are it, right on. You know, they really do make a difference. And, and I, I, I like your, your analogy as well, because one thing that one, um, regardless of your age, that we can, we can latch on to, look at the sport, the athletes. You, you see them out there, and they've got their music, their headphones on. You're like, why is it? Why are they doing that? They're tuning out the noise so that they can, as you say, work on scoring their life. You know, they they need to get it. Okay, here's what I'm here to do, and right now I need to tune into who I am. I need to have my song playing so that I can operate at uh, you know at, at optimal energy level. They need to focus. Mm-hmm. In fact, you've spoken about how unmanaged stress can lead to a lack of concentration and even make it easier for people to lose their temper at times. You said yeah. that this is related to stress yeah. sensitivity, I believe. Yeah. And what did you mean by stress sensitivity? Talk to us a little bit about that. Uh, sense, stress sensitivity, um, it's, it's also called hypersensitivity, and, and it, it's a highly sensitive person. Uh, and, and number one thing we like to get on the table, it's not a disorder. You know, it, it's not a disorder. It's, it's a symptom, you know, some of the symptoms are highly sensitive to, to physical stimuli, you know, stimuli like zip sounds and touch and, and smell, you know, or it could be an emotional stimulus where the tendency is to be easily overwhelmed or, you know, by too much information. So, so what you kind of want to do is, four things that I think you can do to, 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 you know, when you're feeling out of control, because, you know, we get overwhelmed because we try to do multitasking. Hey, everybody multitasks, but some people can do three things at a time. Some can do four, some can do five. If three is your limit, you're going to become more uh, stress sensitive when you need to do five, Hmm. because you're going to feel, I I can't do five. And you're you're focusing on the fact that you can't do five (laughs) instead of, you know, saying, well, what do I need to, to create some balance? Because, you know, I, you know, I'm, I know how much balance I get out of three, but how, what kind of balance can I get out of these other two? So my, my suggestion is to reduce the number of intense things in your, env- in your environment. You know, if you've got five things going on, 
you know, if you really can't do five, you know, be be comfortable. We talked earlier about being in control. You know, right. that thing is out of con- it's not in your control. So maybe I need to just pay a little less attention to one of those five things. And 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 in the process of doing that, you you cut back on that feeling of being overwhelmed. You know, you, you got to take it down and and then you can avoid being burned out by starting to notice the signs early. If I know that once, you know, again, I'm good at three things. And when I think number four comes, I know, oops, hmm, okay, I'm good at three. Let me see what I can do with four. But once I see four hitting, then I know that, you know what, four is, is, is rocking me a little bit. I'm definitely not going to go for five. Is it the inability to do four or the anticipation that four is coming? Wow, I, I'm going to go with both of those. Okay. Because, you know, because, you know, I'm not, I, why would I say to somebody, you cannot do it? You know, it, th- that's what exercise is all about. It, it, it is saying, okay, I can do three, I can do one more. So, and, and now that becomes the internal conversation that we talked about earlier. You know, right. if, if your teacher is constantly saying, you can't do four, then you believe that you can't do four. Whereas if I say to you, four is going to be tough, you know, you know, then, then you, you can have an expectation. And then when four get, you say, oh, wow, well, they said it was going to be tough, but I, I want to push on. So, so no, I'm not going to say that it, you can't do it, but you should know, you know, you have to know your own limits. You know, mm-hmm. we, we get trainers and coaches and, you know, and the trainer says, yes, you can do one more. And sometimes you really can't. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I understand that. You know, and you said about multitasking. And I hear this a lot, especially lately, because people, now they're working from home. A lot of people are isolated. They're, they're, they're doing a lot of new things and multitasking and taking on new things. And they're getting very, very stressed about it. How, how do people find that balance? We need to find that balance between stress and contentment in our lives. Mm. Give us some tips. Uncle Sporty, we need your help. <laughs> Uncle Sporty, I, I think you, again, go to vocabulary and define balance. Balance is not 50-50. You know, uh, balance is 80-20. Balance is 70-30. You know, uh, and there are times where, you know, again, in being uh, vocabulary sensitive, when someone says, well, I gave 110%, ah, bulletin, 100 is the most you can give. Yeah. So give me your 100. Maybe right now your energy level is 80. Well, give me the full 80. You know, to me, that's what balance is about. Give me the 100% of what you have. And don't take your da- yourself down for that 20% that you don't have today. Because it could be physical, it could be mental, you, you don't know. Right. So the time you spend beating yourself up is, is taking it, you know, it's throwing your balance even more out of whack. Because if, if we connect, if we reconnect to that uh, stress sensitivity and, and multitasking, you're dealing with emotions. And, and no emotion is wrong. You know, you should feel overwhelmed. You should feel excited. You should feel fear. You and know, it's okay. 
Yeah, when we go back to all the things that we talked about, we ne never once have we said you should not have this. We said, well, how can we deal with it? Right. So, you know, so, it, it, you know, you should feel those emotions. So now what is important for you, this is, goes back to that brain. Let me get in check. Let me, let me observe what's going on. Here's the emotion I'm feeling right now. Okay, I got that. How, you know, do I want to stay in this emotion? Because sometimes we want to stay in a funk. Hmm. You know? yeah, so, okay, so how long do I want to stay in here? And, and what do I need to do to get out? Have I been in this situation before? It's really having that conversation with yourself, I think, that can make all the difference in the world. And that's what balance is about, you know, where you decide, you know what, that's not as, as, as big of a deal as I'm giving it credit for. You know, it's, it's funny you said that because a lot of times I'm speaking to someone who is f having a problem, an issue. And one of the things I say is similar to that. I said, well, what would you tell your friend? If you had a good friend who came to you and said, man, I'm so stressed out. This, this stuff, as you like to call it, is just, just driving me crazy. I, I don't know what to do. And I say to him, well, if I was having that problem, what would you tell me as mm. a friend? Great. And so why can't you give yourself the same permission to have those feelings? That they are okay. We're not telling you not to have. And, and you give us some, some great tips today. And I, I really appreciate it. Thank you. We're, we're running out of time. We, boy, I feel like you and I could talk for, <laughs> for hours on this. It's very enjoyable. So one of these days, we're going to have to have you recite some of your, your, your poetry from your books. Oh, great. I, I would love to do that. But I, I do want to thank you for the great advice and certainly the stress management mastery tips really been a pleasure talking with you and and also if anyone listening would like to learn more about sporty or find information about having him speak at your event please go to sportyking.com as we know he's a hall of fame inductee which is an outstanding achievement if you and if you would like to have him speak at your next event sportyking.com sporty thank you for being with us today welcome thank you so much for having me well, everybody, that's it for today. This has been your host, Will Heckman. I want to thank you all for joining us today. Don't forget to please follow this podcast, send in those reviews and comments. Always want to hear them. Remember, your support helps to keep us making these podcasts. And I want to remind everyone again, just as stress is different for each of us, there is no one stress reduction, management, mastery strategy that is right for everyone. So, please join us next time as we explore more stress management strategies and insights. And remember to visit stress.org to gather information, tools, and techniques to help you live a healthier, happier, and a longer life. I hope the information today from, that you heard from Sporty King and I will help you find contentment. Good day, everybody. <laughs>